Welcome back to Tech Enabled, an AI podcast on technology, public policy, and economic opportunity. I'm your host, John Bailey. Small businesses are the lifeblood of the American economy, and COVID-19 has been devastating for many of these small businesses who weathered through the state closures and are now facing the uneasy task of reopening. Today, we're exploring the insights we can glean from platforms like Thumbtack, an online marketplace that helps local professionals and customers find each other. Thumbtack supports hundreds of thousands of professionals, offering services ranging from plumbing to catering to personal training to math tutoring. But Thumbtack also has something else to offer state and local leaders. That platform provides a real-time view into small business activity across the country, which can be helpful in informing policies and decisions, particularly as it relates to the economic recovery. Today, we are joined by Kellen Blossom, head of public policy for Thumbtack. She previously served as the White House Associate Director for Intergovernmental Affairs and as a liaison for mayors, county officials, and city leaders, and also had roles at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and Uber. Kellen, welcome. Thank you so much, John. It's so nice to be with you virtually from afar. We're all doing this virtually now. Social distancing. So you're at Thumbtack. Tell us a little bit. What is Thumbtack? Happy to. So Thumbtack is a platform that connects customers with local service professionals. So what that means is if you're a a customer and you need a plumber, a landscaper, a personal trainer, or any type of really skilled professional, you can go on Thumbtack, you put in what you need in terms of, I need a plumber who can fix clog drains on Thursdays in my neighborhood. And then you'll get an options of a list of professionals that specialize in what you need that work in your area and that can show you kind of the prices of what they charge for those. On the other side, if you're a professional, if you are a local electrician, you can go on Thumbtack and you can put in all your preferences. You say, these are the types of jobs that I like to do. These are the hours that I work. These are the prices that I charge. And you put all that information in. And so when people are looking for things that match your skill set, your info will pop up and then we help make that match. We're really proud to kind of help both sides of the equation. And we're active in over about 3,000 US counties, so almost all of them, with about 500 different categories of folks that you can hire using Thumbtack. So kind of a wide breadth of different types of folks helping people get things done. That's amazing. 500 different categories. What are some other examples of professionals you could find on your service? Sure. Well, like all of us, I've been staying at home for the last few months, staring at my dirty windows. So I recently used Thumbtack to hire a window washer <laughs> to help me help me take care of those second floor windows so I didn't feel quite so bad about the state of my house. Personal trainers. My personal trainer and I now meet virtually. She's very kind that she doesn't judge the empty bags of cookies that she sees behind my workout area, but you know, continue to see her as we do this. Anything you need. I say anything that you don't really want to do yourself. If you know you need a photographer to capture your wedding, you need a skilled tradesman to help you remodel your bathroom, anything where you think, oh, I should probably hire a professional, that's where you go to Thumbtack for. AI could have used you to find a podcast person. So <laughs> well, you know, maybe, me, so. maybe we'll replace you in the future. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, if you have 500 categories, if you're in nearly every single county, you must have just an amazing set of data looking at sort of economic activity from very sort of small business standpoint. What has the data shown you in terms of the way COVID has played out? Yeah, the data has been so telling. And so, you know, once in kind of early March, once we kind of saw the COVID-19 virus really spreading throughout the U.S., 
we thought, you know, we should really start tracking all of these things by region, by different categories of professionals to see, you know, if there are trends. So we decided that we were going to publish our data. We've been publishing our data about every two weeks since the beginning of March. And it's fascinating. You know, we index all of our data to March 1st. That's when we kind of decided that was the beginning of where this pandemic really loose approximation of when it started in the US. And so, you know, for the first week or so, everything was fine. The numbers were consistent. They were up a little bit. They were down a bit. And then starting in mid-March across every single major metro and across almost all the categories, you saw everything that was green and growing in business suddenly just go red. The drop-off was huge. By April 1st, every single metro was negative. Some just a few points from where they were at the beginning of March, some you know up to like 50%. Fewer projects that customers were starting on Thumbtack. And so, you know, it was devastating. It was devastating across all the industries, across all the regions, because I think, you know, people were heeding the advice, you know, you got to stay home, only do essential projects. And then as we saw the kind of response progress, we saw some of the categories start to come back. Things like plumbing, with more people in your house, with more kids home from daycare, there are more Legos dropped in toilets. You know, there are more sourdough starters thrown down the kitchen drain. And so, you know, projects that you can really put off, those real essential home services, were some of the first to start to come back. Plumbers, electricians, pest control, those started to come back quicker. And then as folks spent more time kind of looking around their house and realizing, you know, that this might last for a while, one of the other categories that came back really strong was outdoor categories. We started to see big growth in landscaping and tree trimming and lawn mowing. I think part of that is seasonality. You know, as we move from March to April and May, things are getting warmer. People want to be outside more. But people were also thinking, what kind of projects can I get done around the house while adhering to social distancing, while not flouting any of the local rules? And so a lot of those outdoor projects really started to come back. I think the one area where it's just been pretty grim news all around has been events. So, you know, these are professionals like DJs and caterers and photographers, and their whole point of their business is to bring people together. You know, their whole being in their whole professional existence is about like getting people in the same room and having an amazing time. And, you know, right now that's just not possible in most places. And so, you know, our events categories, you know, folks like musicians and and events professionals are still down, you know, they've lost about 75% of their business kind of nationwide in a lot of these categories. And it's going to be a really hard road for them to come back. So, you know, we, we have all this interesting data. We've put it all online. Folks want to see it, but really trying to see what we can glean from that in terms of where people are spending their time and energy and what industries are going to need the most support that aren't going to kind of bounce back quickly, but that are going to need more things like government assistance and relief programs kind of for the long haul. Yeah. I remember when you shared the link with me, it- I looked at it. What was amazing about it was that because you have this by 500 categories, and since you have this in such a granular way over time, everyone was sort of ooing and aahing over the Census Small Business Pulse Survey. But you essentially are getting real-time data, not just a pulse, but you can actually watch the trend of small businesses going essentially to sleep and then a reawakening as states are lifting their restrictions. I love this idea. Talk a little bit more about like how could that help with targeting? You were just saying that as government, and that could be mayors, could be governors, could be federal officials, but how could that be used in a way for targeting assistance? 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, one important thing to note is even as we see customers begin to come back and start searching for projects, it doesn't mean that these small businesses are back to normal. I spend a lot of my day talking to these individuals to kind of hear about their business. And some of them are saying, yeah, you know, I've had more business than I've never had before. I was just talking to a plumber and he said, but it's different. I used to work on new home construction where I could, you know, do one job all day and that was great. And now I'm doing home repairs and I have a lot of business, but you know, I have to spend an hour cleaning my stuff between every job. I'm driving back and forth all around town to try and service these different people. And so, you know, I think there's a lot that the numbers can tell us, but also knowing that there's a lot that the numbers don't tell us about how these people are adapting. Yeah. We're happy to share data and answer any questions that folks, particularly at the state and local, which is where my background is and my heart is, is with governors and mayors. So we'll always do anything I can to help them, but really help them see you know, what places are hurting the most. And I think for categories and people in industries that just can't do social distancing, you need to think about like what that looks like, whether that's extending unemployment assistance for businesses that are not magically going to pop back at the end of July when you know the current unemployment assistance runs out, or whether that's taking you know a look at the small business regulations. I'm based here in San Francisco, and I think the city government has done a, a real soul searching on kind of looking at all of the licenses and fees that they have put on small businesses over the years and saying, you know, we need to do everything we can to get these folks back to business. Which of these can be deferred? Which of these don't actually make sense and aren't a part of health and safety that we could just get rid of? And I think, you know, we've seen a trend of kind of slapping more and more fees and costs on small businesses over the years. And we get it, you know, local governments need to balance their budgets too. But in a time when a lot of these small businesses are a very precarious place, I think we are heartened by seeing the effort to look at everything fresh. And, you know, for those that haven't, you know, happy to share our insights and encourage others to look at everything that we can do to support them. I want to talk about two of those insights because I know you just, you did your own poll. You surveyed some of your Thumbtack pros just about how they're experiencing COVID. What were some of your top findings from that, that quick survey? Yeah. So we, we just finished a round of research with about 700 local professionals kind of across the country. And just the title of the survey was really, how are you doing? You know, and ask them a lot of more detailed questions from that. The answer is not great, like all of us. You know, about two thirds said that their revenue had decreased. Only about 23% said it was the same, and only about 10 or 12% said that their amount of revenue that their business was bringing in had actually gone up. And for those that had lost revenue, it's been a significant drop. The majority of them that reported that they've lost revenue have lost more than 50% of their revenue. That's heartbreaking. The fascinating thing is that they're optimistic. About half of them said, yeah, I think that the demand is going to go back to what it was kind of pre-pandemic once these conditions are lifted. And, you know, most of them said, you know, we want to continue our business. Like, we believe in it. We've put our heart and soul into this and we're going to keep doing it. And what was really interesting to us is, you know, how they were adapting. So the majority said they were able to do their jobs while wearing PPE, putting masks on, putting shoe covers on, disinfecting their tools. They're doing lots of other stuff. You know, they're decreasing their marketing. They're offering remote consultations. They're unfortunately traveling farther for new clients. And some of them are offering kind of new services. And so, you know, I talked to a bartender who can't do big parties, but now she's delivering boozy brunch kits (laughs) and, you know, finding kind of a scrappy way to get through this. 
some of those adaptions, you know, we think will take hold and some might just be temporary band-aids to get through this crisis. But we were really struck by the optimism. In a dark time when we're all feeling a little scared about what the future holds, these small businesses really think that they, they can make it back. Yeah, I'm struck by that too. The sense of optimism, because in some ways, you know, with all the economic research out there, you, you can do surveys, but there's a bit of distance from the very local markets where all these decisions are made. And small businesses, in some ways, are the, the closest unit of economic activity in that they know their customers, they know their communities, they know when there's pent-up demand that can be unleashed in some ways once some of the social distancing measures get relaxed a bit. So that's hugely optimistic. I know you also do another survey for the last couple of years, working with your Thumbtack pros to measure and evaluate how friendly state policy climates are for small businesses. And you mentioned earlier that you know COVID has created a lot of activity with some cities and some mayors trying to think about like, okay, gosh, like what are some things that we had as restrictions or licenses that maybe we don't need going forward? But I mean, just based on some of the, the trends you've been seeing in your small business surveys before COVID, what are some of the things that make policy climate more friendly for small businesses? So one of the very, very small silver linings of this pandemic, if any, is that people are talking about and caring about small businesses in a way that we haven't had in the national policy dialogue for a while. You know, everybody loves to say small businesses are the backbone of the American economy. You know, if I had a, a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd be a very rich woman. But historically, we haven't always backed that up. And I think one of the things that we're realizing this as we're stuck at homes in our neighborhoods is how vital these local businesses and these small businesses are to our daily lives. And so that to us is maybe one of the small good things that might come out of this is kind of rethinking the way that we prioritize job creation and job development. And so one of the really interesting trends that we've seen in the Small Business Friendliness Survey over the years is a growing sentiment among small businesses that, particularly at the state and local level, that their policymakers were not focused on them. And so we did a survey after Amazon did their big HQ2 search, mm -hmm. if you believe that it was a real search. And we asked people, uh, small businesses in cities that were finalists for that competition and cities that weren't, how much do you think that your city and state government is prioritizing you? And there was a statistically significant difference between cities that were competing and spending all of their time and energy trying to woo these big corporate headquarters and mm -hmm. those that weren't. And, you know, the small businesses in the cities that said, you know, we'll pass, we'll rather work with the folks in our community, they were rated those governments much higher. Again, I come from government, I get it. It's easier to land a, a white whale and bring in 10,000 jobs at once, but we don't really think that that's sustainable growth and that's not really the sustainable job development. And so we're hoping that coming out of this, people will realize that, you know, landing corporate campuses may be a nice temporary solution for some, but if we're really going to build sustainable economies, we have to do it with small businesses. They're net new job creators. They're much more likely to stay in their city and not jump around. And so kind of refocusing on those and, you know, really going back to the drawing board, looking again, you know, at zoning where there's a lot of talk about should we let restaurants take over the streets and sidewalks and eat outside? Dining al fresco sounds amazing to me. <laughs> you know, and looking, can we reserve parts of parks for people to do group fitness classes and have trainers do workouts? I think 
what we've seen in the past is that, you know, small businesses kind of felt like they were left behind, but now is the time for them to really shine and to be the focus and a good push to reevaluate all of the ways that we've been looking at regulating and licensing and, and taxing them in the past. So we're doing this interview at a time when we're shifting from suppressing COVID-19 with all these very aggressive and unprecedented social distancing measures that it sort of put the economy in a, an induced coma. And now we're bringing the economy out of its induced coma. And so you have governors, you have mayors, everyone's trying to figure out how do we jumpstart economic activity? How do we get people feeling, as you were saying, comfortable with going back out and shopping or going to restaurants and hopefully and other small businesses that are weathered the closures are trying to get back to work. From all these insights, from your dashboard, from your most recent survey, and from your small business surveys, what are some things you think mayors should be doing in particular, but also state government, with helping to sort of jumpstart their small businesses and their, their communities? Yeah, I think first, we think, Thumbtack and our small businesses tell us that we think that they've been doing a great job. There's always room for improvement. But when we survey our pros and ask them, do you think that they're taking the right precautions to protect for safety and health, even if it means closing down your business? Vast majority of them say yes. Safety and health is priority number one. So you know we're not pushing to have economic concerns override the safety and health concerns in any way, because I think our small businesses really understand that you know lifting a lockdown doesn't mean anything if people don't feel comfortable. And so arbitrarily lifting it too early isn't going to really help their businesses come back. What's really going to make the long-term health of their businesses is following the doctors, following the public health officials, and you know bringing it back when it's ready. But I think when that time is appropriate, I think data can help. And you know we're happy to share our data. The interesting thing about state and local governments is, as the listeners of your podcast certainly know, there's no silver bullet and there's no magic solution that will work everywhere. When we do our annual ranking of small business sentiment, we always say like, there's no one thing that I can give you that will suddenly make all your small businesses love you. But the thing that you can do is just listen, just ask them how they're doing, put together roundtables, you know, call them up on the phone. We're happy to put policymakers in touch with folks so they can get a sense because you really have to get that local pulse. And it's going to be different in every place, you know, especially with this pandemic where we've seen the impact, such a wide disparity on different communities in different regions. It's really going to have to be a localized approach. We hope that data can help and we're happy to share insights of things that have worked in different places. But, you know, we really see ourselves as here to support the policymakers, help make the right decisions, certainly not telling them what to do. That's great. Kellen, thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. And thanks too, just for all the, the amazing insights you're giving us and the support you're giving for small businesses. It's going to be so key for helping to jumpstart the economy once we get into this recovery. So thanks. Thanks, John. This has been fun. Hope to do it again, maybe in, in different conditions next time. <laughs> we'll do one again next year with a professional podcast interviewer that we can find. <laughs> we'll work it out on both sides. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> 